Hey, Lester. Hey, y'all. What's going on? It's all right, man. It's all right. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing? <laughs> as I always say, right? As okay as a middle-class American can be doing in New Jersey. Uh, although one thing I do want to add after a lot of reading I've been doing before we jump on to our listeners uh, and everybody out there who's uh, struggling with this and not doing okay, just uh, know that you're not alone. right like many of us are doing okay and you see all these uh, beautiful pictures and uh, of people like you know uh, baking bread and hanging out in their large backyards uh, you know and it's nice too right you're having a good time you're fortunate to have that that's great right. but um, if you're not just remember you're not alone and we'll all get through this it's okay to be not be okay absolutely i agree with that totally it's okay to uh, be a human Yes, exactly, exactly. So before, um, so from that moment, uh, before we start, do you want to welcome our uh, listeners? Oh yeah, absolutely. Hi, how you doing? This is the chocolate and chai. chai. Chocolate chai. and chai. <laughs> chai. All right, all right, all right. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting week. You know, we're still working. Uh, you know, we're. doing things as we can in terms of our post production filmmaking thank you so much for your support and love on the last episode uh i hope you guys enjoyed it uh the first part of our series uh, uh you know filmmaking for a and b amateurs and beginners so uh we did some covered some lot of uh, interesting things and insights i feel lester what we shared a lot of it was very practical very real life uh, advice what, what do you think absolutely people can go out there and apply it right away that's what you want you want information that you can actually incorporate into your everyday life exactly exactly that's what we wanted to do and to just continue in uh, in that direction we wanted to start bringing some more expertise and start focusing on individual topics uh, in in that uh, uh field of work in filmmaking as we were talking about so uh before we jump into that anything else exciting anything else uh, you want to share from this week lester what's going on in your part of the world in georgia and everything and how are things No, not really. I'm excited about just having this wonderful guest on the show. I can't wait for them to get a load of her. She's incredible. I completely completely agree. I had a, a wonderful opportunity thanks to you Lester to meet her uh, in person hang out with her uh, uh, when I was in Atlanta uh, back in the days when people used to travel. <laughs> right. Like uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's one thing I do miss about this time. I'll say the traps, right? As yeah. I said, I'm uh, kind of made for the stay-at-home <laughs> quarantine, but travel is something I do miss. So yeah, I, I met uh, this wonderful person, and that person is Jackie that, Gamber. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Gamber. Gamber. She's yeah. fantastic. She's a, a screenwriter. She's a writer, filmmaker, and uh, all of those wonderful things. Uh, Esther, why don't you go ahead and introduce her a little bit to our uh, listeners before we bring her on today? Okay. Yeah, I definitely will. So Jackie is, like we said before, a wonderful person. She was in the Air Force. She was a sergeant. She's a great mom, producer. She's an author of genre-bending novels and screenplays. She's earned accolades such as the Mary Shelley Award for Imaginative Fiction and honorable mention in L. Ron Hubbard's Writers of the Future. She's done it all. She's screened in several film festivals across the country, and she's currently in post-production for her first feature film, The Mark. The Mark. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to stay in tune or follow Jackie, just check out her website. It's Big Imagine. dot com. That's big imagine. dot com, spelled as it is. All right, all right. So that's Jackie Gamber for you guys. And uh, shortly, we're gonna have her, and we're gonna talk to her about first step of filmmaking that I was uh, very, very per- insistent about uh, last week, uh, which is uh, writing. As a filmmaker who comes from writing background, I think. Uh, It's the uh, biggest, most important thing, especially to start. And uh, Jackie herself is a writer, filmmaker, so we're going to talk to her about that and have a lot of fun. All right, stay tuned, guys, for Jackie Gamble.
Hey, Lester. Hey, Art. We are back. We are. All right. And live via satellite from an undisclosed location, we have Jackie Gander. Hey, Jackie. Hey, hello. How hey. are you? I am doing really well. How about you guys? Well, you know, my thing is now I say as well as a middle class man can be doing in New Jersey. <laughs> All right. In the middle of a pandemic. Exactly. You sound great. <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, uh, welcome to Chocolate and Chai, Jackie. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. In, well, thank uh, you for having me. A great pleasure. In uh, our part two of a mini series that we just started last week about filmmaking. So, as somebody who comes into the filmmaking. Um, a business from a writing background like I and now I, I identify as a filmmaker but I still identify as a writer first because that's my love that's where I got my start um, I heavily and very highly respect writers the writing process and I believe that's the first step of making a good movie what are your thoughts Jackie well I think we are two peas in a pod where in that uh, for where that is concerned um, I absolutely believe that a story can carry a film that maybe isn't as well shot as it could be. Maybe the mm-hmm. production values are a little off because you're still practicing, you're still getting better, but people will sit through that to watch to the end of a good story. Right. right. So Jackie, you mentioned the word story. Mm-hmm. What makes a good story? You know, that's a really good question. Um, and a lot of people ask that. A lot of people think that an idea is a story. Um, I've, I've actually been teaching writing. I've done workshops um, probably for the last, oh, 15 years or so. And that's a really common question. And it's a really common misconception, actually, that people think, hey, I have this really great idea. I want to write a story about a guy who wins the lottery. <laughs> right? And I, that's actually not a story. What you need for a story to become a story is conflict. Conflict. Yes, absolutely. Right. And uh, that's that's such a good point, uh, Jackie, because, you know, as writers, uh, we ourselves struggle with that, right? Uh, that I say something and Lester, it happens between us. I tell you something, hey, about this idea and Lester gets all excited. It's like, yay. Like, <laughs> yes. It may not be even a short film yet because it's just an idea. It might be one scene. Right. And something that I'm writing, but a story needs to go on a journey. And something I uh, heard somewhere, I think in the master class, uh, uh, where uh, I don't remember the name right now, I'm going to have to find it. But he said, like, if you if a character goes through a journey and transforms, Mm -hmm. then it's a movie. If it's about a premise, it's a TV show. So absolutely. Yeah. So that, that was just something interesting then popped into my head. But let's talk a little bit about story. And uh, as you said, story is something that um, not directly related, but uh, I strongly believe in training when mm-hmm. it comes to anything, uh, including entertainment business. A lot of people, uh, you know, say you're born with it and you might be, but I think training, uh, training very much helps. Reading and training both, uh, you know, in acting, writing, directing, everything. Uh, I One of the first things that I did uh, when I started Want, uh, to jump into professional writing is take a seminar by Robert McKee, who wrote this book called Story. Right. Uh, and uh, it was very helpful for me. I learned a lot. Uh, and um, so that that was something besides some other workshops and stuff that I've uh, you know done. So can you talk a little bit about uh, uh, training yourself, uh, source materials, reading? How, how how what's a good way for people who want to learn to prepare themselves? Oh, that's good. Uh, Well, my background actually starts in um, fiction, science fiction specifically, uh, fantasy and horror. Um, And some of my early icons that I did a lot of reading when it comes to writing fiction in in a novel or in a short story, uh, a lot of this storytelling principles are exactly the same. We all like the same kind of stories. The mode of telling it, um, the medium, can change, but stories themselves basically follow the same structure. Um, mm-hmm. So some of my early icons were Orson Scott Card. If if you can find anything ever 
uh, on Amazon or online somewhere uh, that where he talks about writing and the writing process, absolutely snap that up and and absorb everything. Who can you repeat the name again? Orson Scott Card. Orson Scott Card, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. He's a science fiction writer and some fantasy, but he has a grasp of explaining what story is uh, mm -hmm. better than uh, a lot of people I know. So absolutely, a, he's a plus. Uh, right. Robert McKee, obviously, that's that's a classic too. Um, that's a good person to find, find his source materials. Um, Sid Field is another one who goes, he's been in the... Uh, screenwriting business for a very long time. All of his advice is very good. Um, it's solid. Um, storytelling itself always sustains the same sort of format. What becomes um, more relevant or less relevant really is maybe subject matter or the style. You know, back in the old days, a lot of fiction writers would talk to the reader, dear reader, here's what's going on. You can't get away with that anymore. <laughs> Readers aren't going to sit for that. Um, right. so, there, so there's modes of telling story that maybe can um, your style may may evolve over time, become relevant or irrelevant. But right. But storytellers, even that you know, go way back. Um, anytime they talk about story and what drives a good story, that that's timeless. Right, right. And I, I completely agree about like you know uh, uh, the stories uh, are always uh, you know a good story is always a good story. The medium right. is just uh, medium to tell it. Right. Uh, you know, I strongly believe in that. And of course, when you're talking about a screenplay. If it's a TV show or a short film or a feature film, of course, you're going to need a structure or a, or a stage play, right? Uh, mm -hmm. It's a little different in that sense because I feel this, you, can, you need to have a structure uh, so that the audience can follow the story in that particular uh, medium that right. is being uh, given to you. Like a novel would not have a, a same uh, approach of uh, telling that story as a movie might right. or as a TV show. Right. So that that aspect is, of course, I think, you know, different. And we're talking about more screenplay here. So in screenplay, uh, something, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about, of course, Mickey is uh, uh, very uh, popular and well-respected in the business. But yeah, one of the very popular approaches is, uh, I'm sure you've heard of it, the circle. So a lot of people talk about the circle, the master of the circle being uh, Joseph Campbell. Uh, you know, where he gives you this whole approach of uh, a hero's journey right. uh, from uh, a lot of science fiction, especially mm -hmm. tends to follow that uh, very heavily. I myself have, uh, uh, you know, followed it and taken help from it. Uh, but before I delve into what, how I approach it, what, what's, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, uh, the circle, the hero's journey and, uh, you know, structure for, for that matter? Well, the hero's journey is actually a really good place to start. Um, that that's Joseph Campbell. Um, mm -hmm. There, there is some um, urban myth, possibly that uh, the Star Wars um, series came from. You open, he opened the book, and he assigned different roles according to specific um, um, hero's journey characters. Um, and that you can absolutely do that. Uh, Joseph Campbell is, I mean, if you're going to go, if you don't want to go back as far as Socrates and Plato, you can go back to Joseph Campbell. He sort of um, makes the um, makes the storytelling grasp, you can grasp it for the everyman. You know, you don't need to study the old masters. He kind of does that work for you. Um, right. The hero's journey is absolutely one of the best understanding of of human nature and when we sit down to a story when we want to watch it on the screen what do we instinctively look for as a viewer uh how do we know when we get up from our from our seat that what i just watched was a satisfying story what are we looking for the hero's journey is generally where you find those answers mm. so can i ask you a question jackie when you're watching a movie are you sort of breaking it apart and dissecting it and pulling out every single mistake <laughs> or do you just sort of watch the movie for what it is? Well, it's definitely a professional hazard. <laughs> I I have a very difficult time watching movie just for the enjoyment of the story. Um, 
Although I've, I've always kind of been that way and I didn't discover until later in life that that's really the editor in me. <laughs> um, so I, I usually, friends and family have a hard time watching movies with me because I'm usually <laughs> critiquing it as I go along. And I try, I do try. I just wiggle in my seat. I'm trying to keep my mouth shut. And then, just, uh, and then I go, God, that's, that's, that's so ridiculous. That's a plot hole. You can feel yeah, that. that. You could feel that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a filmmaker's curse, right? Uh, it is. And uh, I think for me, writing was always, um, always there. Uh, but as I started getting into filmmaking and directing, now I look at the cameras, uh, you know, movement and uh, mm -hmm. some of the things more than I used to. But writing was something I would always uh, get to. Uh, but but I, I keep quiet during watching the movie. <laughs> Not very good at it. <laughs> I ruined it afterwards. And with, with my wife, friends, everybody, like I'll ask, how did you like it? And they're like, great. And then I start breaking it yes. at the end of the conversation. Like, yeah, yes, that movie is awful. Like, why did you ruin it? <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, getting back to the to, um, to uh, the structure, though, um, you know, something um, I feel that, um, uh, and and again, I've I've taken in my writing you know let's start breaking once I have a story once I start writing like the treatment let's say that's when I start looking at structure right when I'm coming with a story I just do the story because I want to take the character's journey the setup all those things my research and when I start writing it I do start putting it in here the journey because it's available to us right, right? so why not uh, use it however something that I'm realizing um, and I want to get your thought on it is that uh, it's not necessarily that you have to sit and follow it oh, no. if you're telling a good story it's very highly likely that you will end up with something like hero's journey and of course there's exceptions to every rule this being very much so a lot of great films and stories do not follow hero's journey but i feel like if you're going with a single protagonist and you're telling a good story it automatically somehow and tends to follow hero's journey uh, and uh, let's just quickly recap for people who do not know what Hero's Journey is. A tale stage version is the most popular one out there where you start with the ordinary world and your protagonist has a call to adventure, refusal of the call, meeting the mentor where they meet somebody who is going to help them with their adventure, crossing the threshold, test allies, enemies where you find people, you know, to who will be your allies or enemies and make your journey more interesting, your approach, ordeal, death and rebirth, reward, and then the road back, resurrection and return with elixir. So that's the 12 step uh, most popular version. I think there's 17 steps and there's four steps. There's many out there. But I feel like that's all good story and end up there automatically. And I feel it has happened to me as well. What's your experience, Jack? Um, I definitely caution any writer to uh, sit with a reference manual open and follow it as though it's a blueprint. Um, another another um, mentor who has written an excellent book that you hear a lot about these days is um, Save the Cat by Blake Snyder, who, un mm -hmm. who unfortunately isn't with us anymore, but his, his uh, storytelling lives on in his books. Um, and Blake Snyder is very uh specific about on what page this should be happening by a certain page this should be happening uh right now it and again i caution writers his principles are very sound and also very uh very reminiscent of the hero's journey concepts and conflict and conflict resolution uh they're very sound however i would never tell a writer of any kind that you need to follow a, uh, a pattern, you need to follow a blueprint. Because what starts happening is that all movie, all storytelling starts sounding the same. Same. Yeah, so, yeah starts being formulaic. What, what a writer could be doing and should be doing, in my opinion, is learning those principles. You, you read Hero's Journey, you study Joseph Campbell, you read Save the Cat, you read um, Sid Field and Robert McKee, you read that stuff and you learn it and you start applying it. You start practicing it. Uh, you talked earlier, Art, about um, 
talent. Maybe you're born with it. Maybe it's something you can learn. Uh, I'm not sure where I fall on that with talent. I do think some people are born with it, but I do think what you can learn is instinct, instinct for storytelling. Mm. Mm. That once you start understanding the principles and you you see it in your own writing, you go, well, this story's been going on for some time enough. There's no bit. There's not been any rise in the action. It feels like I need to bring in somebody. I need to bring in another character, or I need to bring in some mm -hmm. conflict, or it's starting to drag. The pace is slowing. That stuff that you right. you can get good at and you can learn and improve on, and that is simply practice. But let me ask. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was told that when you're trying to pitch a script to a Hollywood executive, they're looking for certain things to happen on certain pages and if they don't see those things happening they just throw it out i don't know if that's true but that's what i heard i heard that they know exactly where things are supposed to happen and if it's not there then they look at you and say oh this person clearly doesn't know structure doesn't know what he's doing even if you have a good script is that true or not i don't know um i think any um any producer that's going to respond that way is probably one you want to hesitate pitching to frankly um, I do think there are markers in storytelling that professionals learn to recognize. Uh, and it is around, this needs to be rising action. There needs to be a call. He needs to, um, there, he, there hasn't been enough character arc by the end. There are elements that do need to exist in your story that professionals recognize. Absolutely. I don't know that. Um, anyone who goes, it needs to be this kind of, a, it needs to be on this page. It needs to be by page eight. It needs to be, uh, they probably exist. They absolutely probably right. exist. And they are also the ones who are perpetuating the formulaic films that we see all of the big movie screen, uh, lots of action and explosions and superhero action uh, that visually resonate, but in the end are kind of a lackadaisical, lazy version of a storytelling. So, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so true. So true. I think it's it's a personal thing and same thing with writers, producers, you know, when you get the notes. Um, but I agree with you on the point of like, you know, that's uh, study uh, the format. Uh, however, uh, you know, you have to tell your story. But uh, I also think it helps in the second step when you have written it, right? Then you can sometimes go back and look what might be missing to make it more professional, right? Okay, do I have... The, and it's not exactly the page number, but just my, and conflict, as you said, is the biggest thing, right? And I think that a lot of the hero's journey or, uh, you know, Circle or uh, McKee talks basically about that, right? Or at the right point, you need something exciting for audience or readers or a, a viewer to uh, have. And if you don't have it, you can look at it, uh, the structure and maybe bring it in. But I guess you have to tell your story, right? Oh, ab absolutely. So. Yeah. The story itself um, actually matters very little <laughs> once you understand the elements of storytelling. The, the story itself, the concept itself, quite frankly, has probably already been told. And it's probably already been told a lot of times. What hasn't been told is your version, your um perception of it because every writer takes um it, it's like a diamond with with lots of edges lots of facets it's the same diamond but when you look at it from a ang different angle you get a different experience and for me that's what storytelling is we we could take the same topic all three of us take away the same topic take a couple of weeks to write something and come back and we're all going to have something entirely different right Right, right. And I think that's that's what makes it interesting, mm -hmm. right? Your own take, your own. And I think that's where I feel, uh, and I'm again, I'm learning in this process, but I feel a lot of writers fail where you try to emulate somebody else, mm -hmm. right? Or you try to copy somebody else instead of telling your story, right. because then it's not honest to you. I mean, I uh, and something I do want to talk about, like, you know, what people, a lot of people say, mm, write what you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so uh, what do you feel about that? Because for me, as much as I agree with it, because that's where you're going to stand out. Uh, you know, you write what you know. Uh, if that's all you write, 
you know maybe you want to write a little bit different you want to write something else that you do not know mm-hmm. the only step would be that you go out and learn about it mm-hmm. before you start writing it so that you know when you write it but um, i mean that's that's my point if you write now because there's a lot of things i want to write mm-hmm. but i am starting the places that i know well that are my experiences and stories but uh, what what's your approach in that especially when you're writing sci-fi well i I'm I'm kind of like you. I I agree uh to a certain point that you write what you know uh because then it feels genuine, it feels real because viewers recognize uh real emotion and they recognize mm-hmm. characters that they care about. And the the key to writing characters that somebody can care about is that they they associate with them, they can identify with them, there's something familiar. So in that respect it is important to write what you know which is you know we all have our own we all have our own issues emotionally we all have our uh loneliness issues or our we're too gregarious or we're too introverted or we always we all struggle with aspects to ourselves that you can imbue your writing with those things and that feels very real um right. however if we were we were going to follow the letter of the law only only uh write what you know then there would never be any murder mysteries written by anybody who hasn't killed anybody <laughs> good good example so uh what you don't know you can study and you can learn right 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 well i i i'm glad you we agree on that and i and i do think there's a line and my thought process might change and i've seen uh, you know some people trying to tell completely the stories that they shouldn't be telling mm-hmm. right either it's a matter of diversity or it's just matter of in knowledge whatever that is that has happened but i think that's something that can be uh you know if you put enough work that is something you can avoid right. which i think a lot of people tend to not do so let's uh, let's get into the uh, nitty gritty of uh, writing itself what's your process of writing how do you how do you uh, write let's say you're you know uh, uh working on something uh, you know like your current feature from and that's in post production the mark and congratulations on that uh, by the way uh, so but w- what's your process how do you uh, you know how do you start when you're um, starting uh, to work on something and let's take uh, if you if you would like we can take the mark as a, as an example for that sure um generally speaking i usually come to a story from a character uh something maybe i've read in the news or something has come across um on tv or i've met somebody that i find particularly interesting uh something like that i i study a lot of why why do people do what they do why do they respond to things the way they do why do they have the emotional reaction in fact some of that is my uh because i i kind of sometimes struggle with um it doesn't make any sense to me why that person got so angry when i was just trying to say something benign or the other way around why why did i hurt somebody's feelings or why did somebody say something to me that shouldn't hurt me but it did why did that hurt there's where i get a lot of storytelling because i i want to find out and it's through my writing that i come up with all of those reasons and it and it explains things for that particular character. Right. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question Jackie. I know Dan Gamber, your husband, I know he's a producer and a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Do you sort of use Dan to sound off on us say you come up with an idea and you have a story, you start writing it, do you sort of have him read it to give you feedback or do you sort of just do your thing and then he has his thing? How does that work? Is it beneficial to have somebody as like a family member in the business with you. It is absolutely crucial to have another person that you can trust. You have to choose them very carefully and I'll tell you why. Any t- anybody you ask, would you please read this and give me some feedback? If they love you, they have a reason to make you feel good about yourself. And they cannot bring sure. themselves to tell you where the gaps are. Um I like the kind of feedback I ask for people to read it and say where does it kick you out of the story? Where do you suddenly back up and go, "Oh, I'm not connected anymore because I don't uh, that doesn't ring true to me." I like that stuff. Um so you have somebody who loves you who wants to make you feel good about yourself or you have somebody who resents you. There's it's one or the other. 
They're jealous, right? <laughs> and so they have every reason in the world to make you feel bad about yourself. They, there's, they don't have the objectivity to see the good in your writing. So somebody who loves you very much doesn't right. have the objectivity to see what's bad in your writing. <laughs> so what, what I like to do personally is find a writer, connect with writers that I like their writing. I trust their process. I think they have something to teach me and build up a relationship with them enough that we can trust each other to critique each other. As it turns out, my husband is actually very good at that, <laughs> but we've also, <laughs> we've also been married a very long time. And so we have developed a relationship where um, we can be honest with each other. And, you know, there may be somebody in your family or somebody close to you that is able to do that. And if so, then you've got a gold mine. Absolutely. Right, right. That's uh, that's so true. And I think uh, bouncing back ideas uh, in itself is uh, is important uh, as well. Uh, like, uh, uh, you know, and it can be anyone may or may not be from the business, at least for me. Like I have uh, uh, I anything that comes to me, I talk to my wife first and see just as an audience, how does she respond to the idea? Right, as I'm, and that's not a, I'm not going to take an entire screenplay for her to read because that's not her expertise. But ideas resonate with people, so and you know she's many times able to give very good feedback, and I do that with you, Lester, as well. I share ideas with you, and most things excite you, as Jackie was saying. So, <laughs> uh, that. But I think building relationship is, uh, you know, with people that you respect trust. and trust yes. both very important and I tell um, the, like you know friends who write something and it there and I've had this multiple times that people don't want to share their stuff and that's okay you want to protect it or whatever your reason is you don't think it's ready but at some point you need to be ready to share it with the Absolutely. right people but if you can't share it with uh, some other people besides yourself how are you going to take it anywhere else right so I think that's important part but something I uh, heard somewhere again on masterclass I think where from uh, which I kind of like uh, very much now that listen when it comes to feedback listen to the uh, problems not mm -hmm. the solution that, that's good advice absolutely yeah and I thought it was unless like you you know you're with the studio or a producer who's mm -hmm. paying you <laughs> of course you, you right. have to do whatever they're doing, right which is different but in general I, I think that was a very good point that because everybody has opinion. And they don't know your story right. like you do. But if they do point to a problem, that's something you, you need right. to acknowledge. Explore. That right. yes, yeah. So well, what the, what is it? And then you may or may not absolutely. And when I talk to other writers and they ask me for feedback, in fact, it just happened yesterday. Uh, I had somebody ask me for some feedback, and I say, "What is it that you're looking for?" Because I want to make sure we're we both agree on what he, what the expectations are. Um, and I always say, "You can ignore me." And it will not offend me because in the end, you may see, I may have something, I may have a perspective that you didn't think of, or I may have a suggestion that you think improves it. If you think it doesn't, then don't listen to me. And you have to be willing to True. be objective like that. Right. Yeah, I feel that goes for coverage as well. At least that's in my opinion, the same exact thing, even though you might have paid for and people who don't know coverage is basically a paid <laughs> feedback uh, that so-called readers uh, experts and some are good at it. So I'm not putting anybody down, but you know, I don't think uh, you can just go with uh, that period uh, as well. Um, right. Because a lot of, um, you know, again, it's the same process. You listen to the problem, but not to the solution because um, you know, that, they may not always be right as well because it's your story. What's your, what are your thoughts on uh, coverage? Uh, same thing. Uh, you know, if somebody's writing you a check uh, or somebody who's giving you coverage because they know somebody who's interested in your kind of screenplay and they have suggestions that they know this particular producer or this particular director um you know that everybody has ticks everybody has tells you know and people that work closely with other people start to develop though start to recognize them um and if they want to go he really right. likes uh this or he really prefers or she prefers a story written from the point of view of you know what if your main character is a man and you talk to somebody who wants you to change it to a female or vice versa uh if it works if you can make that work 
and tell the same story with, with some adjustments because they're writing you a check, um, I'm going to have to give you the advice that you try it. <laughs> you try that. Right. Right. <laughs> Jackie, have you ever and I think, faced with that? Have you ever walked into that room, that Hollywood room where your script was being considered for something and you had to make a, a huge decision? Has that ever happened to you? You don't have to go into details if it did, but I'm just trying to get an idea. Um, actually, I've, I have not personally been in the room. I have had other people represent me in the room, in the big room. Um, right. <laughs> and, and there were other um, elements that, that didn't make it come to fruition. But right. I have had, hmm, I've had people along the way say to me things like, you know, if this was um, not a woman, I could, wow. in fact, in my fiction, that happened quite a bit. Um, if you could write, rewrite this from a man's perspective, you could probably do better with this publisher or that publisher or whatever. Um, and I got to tell you, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. However, if somebody if somebody was sitting there with a check <laughs> and they right. said, here's here's a hundred grand for something, I would give it some serious thought. I would... But each writer has to decide for themselves because each writer has to go to sleep with their own conscience. Right. And if that story can evolve to still be told with honesty, with those changes, it's worth considering. Otherwise, you stick yeah. to your guns. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I mean, that's so true. And you got to tell your story and... Uh, you know, but as far as that goes, I think it's a business, yes. right? So you got to, um, you know, uh, that's everything is not your Rocky is what, what I say, right? Like that's an example I give. Like I have my Rocky that I'm yeah. not going to You're gone with the wind. But uh, <laughs> right. yeah, but with everything else, you know, there is a price. You know, in fact, <laughs> since you say that, Art, it's kind of funny because I actually have uh, some screenplays that are intentionally uh, written in such a way that I could easily hand them off and let people make the changes that they want to make. Um, and I could objectively right. deal with that, uh, that they're intended to be sold professionally elsewhere. Right. And then I have a few that are that absolutely must be done from the way that I want to tell it. And those are usually the ones I keep for myself. Exactly. You you, you got to have that. And when you're telling, you learn and, you know, you need to know what you're going to hold uh, dear to yourself and uh, what not. Because you cannot just hold everything dear to yourself if you want to be a professional writer that's making money through writing in this business. At least that's my opinion. Is, you, know, you, you just can't do that. There are things that you will have to yeah. compromise on. And... Uh, until you reach to a mark where you don't have to, you, you need to be open to that. By the way, we uh, quickly something I wanted to add uh, a resource uh, about feedback and stuff because something that has helped me, a uh, book, uh, I assume you're aware of that, Making a Good Script Great by Linda Seeger. Uh, it's a very, very good book because uh, we had a script written and then small tweaks, like we're tweaking your script. Right? There's uh, some resources like that, like besides taking feedback there's uh, some reading and information you can have in hand uh, in terms of structure that that can help uh, people uh, in terms of making their script great so do you have any now uh, uh, you know pointers in terms of uh, uh, resources that can help people improve stuff that they've already well written? actually um less about storytelling itself and about formatting i highly recommend getting your hands on um the screenwriter's bible i think it's on its seventh edition now um what that book, that book was invaluable to me. Once I started being confident enough with film, the visual writing that film entails, um, how do you go from, you know, I was writing manuscripts. I was writing, you know, 500 page manuscripts. Well, 300, I guess I'm exaggerating a little. It's not like 500, <laughs> right. you know, down to now possibly 90 pages, you know, 80, 90 pages of screenplay. How does it look on the piece of paper? What what do I do? How do I make it look like a script? Um, there are programs out there that will do it for you. Of course, this industry industry standard is uh, Final Draft. Um, that's what the pros use. Um, it's it's a chunk of money to invest in, 
but it is worth it. However, if you're just trying to get started and get your hands on how it works, there are free or very inexpensive versions out there now. They're, they're coming out with new ones all the time um, that you can find who will format it, it, it yourself. It'll tab where do you need to tab. It'll turn dialogue where you need it to be dialogue, that sort of a thing. Um, but in the end, if you have to understand um, how a screen is supposed to read, and I'll, because professionals that read it um, will recognize right. if you're doing it correctly, they they don't have to slog through your bad uh, formatting to try to get to your story. You can just get to it without having to trip over, you know, that you're not doing it correctly. So absolutely, yeah, absolutely you right. need to learn how to format. No, thank you so much for bringing that. That's something I think I completely forgot. But, uh, you know, it's not the most critical thing. But if you want to be a professional writer, the format yes. is important. And it's not hard. People who try to take an excuse for that, it's yeah. not hard. Final Draft is not that expensive. Celtex is free. Uh, right? If you want to use software, just make it very easy. By doing it by yourself would be a little hard. But there's a reason a format has been set. Kind of like, you know, one minute per page kind of thing and so many other reasons and people are used to it please yeah. please use the screenwriting format it makes everything so much easier so sure. thank you for bringing that point that is uh, such an important and I valid Jack, point let me ask you a question right sure. in terms of writing so it's almost like once you're a professional writer how do you practice writing let's say you want to get better what's how do you do that? Let's say I'm a writer and I want to get better at it. How do you do that? How do you get better at it? Uh, you get better at it by writing one, uh, workshopping it, getting people to read it, uh, see where where you can correct it, where you can improve it, then set it down, write another one. Repeat the process. You can write sections. You don't necessarily have to sit down and write all 80, 90 pages of a script. <laughs> write one scene. Write one scene. Right. Uh, practice. Uh, take some of the principles that we're, we've talked about today, some of the principles that you're going to pick up in some of the books that you're, you're going to order and read. Use those principles. Write a scene with that. Right. Uh, spread that around. Right. Get, get people to read it. Uh, get an emotional reaction from people. Uh, one of the things that is very important, you know, you talked previously about people who don't want to let go of their stuff. They don't want to, they want you to read it. But that is a, an emotional connection that absolutely needs to be necessary during the writing process. But then when you step away from that to be, to make it a professional endeavor, you want to possibly sell this screenplay, you need to let it go. It is not your child. It is not a child. It is a piece it is a product. You've just written a product and you need to be willing to uh, let it become that. Right. So true. And uh, I mean, uh, there are certain things that are more shareable than others. I feel like there's a project uh, that I have, which is high concept. So I'm very careful about sharing that one because it's easier in my opinion uh, to copy because the concept is the main thing around it. But for the most part, there's nothing that you're going to have which is like nobody's ever heard of or nobody's ever thought of, right? Everybody's doing stuff. Uh, the difference you bring is by the way you tell. So register your work. That can help a little bit, I guess, copyright. Uh, you know, that still people can copy your stuff. But at the end of the day, it's... Um, I don't think anybody can really copy what you can do. Yeah, so I mean, you gotta do can you. Xerox it uh, uh, and pass it off as theirs. But uh, something that I can, I can with great confidence say, after all of these years that I've been doing this, I have had more people worried about me stealing their stuff than anybody has ever tried to steal mine. Right. Every, everybody <laughs> thinks they have the one idea <laughs> that is going to change the world. Right. And that's just not the case. Right. I, I actually challenge people to um, that, honestly, uh, where egos are concerned, it's very rare for anybody to want your stuff. They just think you want theirs. <laughs> that's very interesting. That is, that is so true. That is so true. 
And although uh, one thing I do want to add in the advice, if you want to be a professional uh, screenwriter, uh, you know, at some point after all the steps that Jackie mentioned, you know, writing shorts and scenes and everything, you do want to write an entire feature screenplay if you want to be a movie screenwriter, movie writer. because writing that is so different like the first time when i wrote my 135 page uh, screenplay which took me over a, you know with my writing partner lafago sandoval it took us over a year to do that it, it takes time and it takes effort and you will yourself learn so much when you write it's writing a uh, 10 20 30 page short film or five page scene is so much different from te- writing a movie screenplay yeah. Begin to is something that you can only learn through practice. Yeah. How long exactly? Jackie, how long did it take yeah, you to write the mark the feature film that's coming out? Um well <laughs> with adjustments well you know you start with the rough draft and um I'm pretty lenient on myself when it comes to the the rough draft. I don't very often let anybody see that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's that's kind of my starting point once I have the rough draft. Uh that's my starting point. Now I'm really going to start writing. Um and the reason that I do that is because uh, and it's the advice I give other people too when they ask me. You know, the difference between a story that's published or a film that is produced and one that isn't is that you can't produce something that isn't finished. You can't yeah you can't have a product True. if you do not wow. reach the finish line. So I usually write forward uh all the way and in in fact when you're having people help you along the way we talked about that too finding somebody you can trust who can give you some critique or some feedback. Make sure you don't right. get caught up in that conversation because you're so worried that this scene isn't correct. You spend the next 3 months working on that scene. You push on. Yep. You skip. There have been times even in a manuscript that I've written that I know something needs to be there but I don't know what I literally have written something exciting happens here. <laughs> I've done that in screenplays because right. I don't want to get hung up in this spot. Let me get to the end and actually when you get to the end you end up usually with so much insight like you didn't even know that's where you were going and then here you are. And now you go, okay, now I know what I that scene needed. The reason I didn't know is because I had I just didn't have a full grasp of what my ending was going to be yet or whatever. You know whatever it is. It just, and then you can go back. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's such a such a yeah, I remember putting inciting yeah. incident yeah. as uh, one scene. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something that's going to bring our two characters together, but I couldn't think of something convincing. Just like can't get right. stuck there. Right? Got to keep moving. We can That's very so that that's such a great point. So uh Jackie before we um, and uh and uh, uh anything else specific any last uh, nuggets uh, summary anything else or what are you doing oh, anything I else guess you want to share? Again just keep coming back to conflict. If you want to tell a story and you want to write a screenplay and you want to go start to finish remember that audiences want to walk away with some closure. They want to be satisfied. It doesn't have to be a happy ending. It just has to be a satisfying ending. And you can learn that through practice and reading the masters and going out there and doing it. Right. I love that. Well, and Jackie said thank you so much. Yeah, how can we follow you? Yes. Yeah. Website. Oh, I right. Yes, um my <laughs> studio has a website which is bigimagine.com. That's my film studio. Uh you can also find me jackiegamber.com. That's my personal website. It has some of my books and things on it. Uh and you can start there. I'm on Facebook. Big Imagine is on Facebook. We have Instagram, we have Twitter. We've got them all. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. I love it. That's awesome. That's That's awesome. Uh before we let you go, t- tell us uh, how are you keeping yourself uh you know, uh, busy, engaged, creative uh, during you know, this time. When lockdown? I have a lot of nervous energy, personally I find that movement helps. So I've been uh working on the studio itself, the the studio space. I've been repainting, uh fixing cracks, uh organizing, doing various physical things. Um it ha- kind of helps me burn off when I start getting kind of anxious. Um so 
I, I encourage anybody to, however you have to deal with it. Some people can't write because they're, they're anxious right now. And I see a lot of people beating themselves up about the fact that they aren't being super productive during this time. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Um, if you have to go sideways and do something else, uh, do that. If you need to be a little more physical, if you want to organize your recipe drawer, <laughs> do what you got to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Please do uh, uh, follow uh, Jackie. You'll learn a lot. And thank you so much for taking the time, Jackie. We're gonna, I would love to have you back, talk a little bit more about filmmaking and other stuff. Uh, but uh, until then, thank you so much for your time and all the well, You are very welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. You bet. All right. So that was awesome. That was incredible. That I really would like to thank uh, uh, Jackie again for uh, you know joining us today and sharing some fantastic, fantastic advice, nuggets, input, insight into writing. Um, Lester, how do you feel? Do you feel you learned something? I feel very smart right now. This is why I hang out with people like you and Jackie. You're too kind, man. This is why we hang out with you, because <laughs> uh, this is why people should hang out with each other to learn from each other, and that's uh, that's why we do this podcast. That's why we do everything and anything that we do and we can do. So thanks, guys, for uh, tuning in, listening in. You know, uh, do follow Jackie. You'll learn a lot. Uh, you know, we'll put uh, the links to a website and uh, other stuff in here. So uh, you know, you can use that and uh, keep keep a check uh, on everything that's going on this is just the part two uh, there's a lot more to come uh, in this mini series of filmmakers filmmaking for a and b so you know stay tuned uh, share this with your friends and everybody and anybody you know so that others can take advantage of this and you know we'll part three is coming next week and you know we'll share soon what that's going to be about but you know this is going to be a lot of exciting uh, information, a lot of practical, useful information that you're going to love. Yes, definitely. Thank you again, Jackie Gamber, for being a great guest. All right. So before we let uh, everybody go, Lester, any last words? Anything? How's uh, uh, you know? How's Georgia? How's the um, uh, world around you? Anything? Georgia is okay. I just want to say that everybody needs to be careful, stay safe, stay productive, and of course stay creative that's fantastic i cannot agree more stay creative stay safe keep well you all love you all ciao